Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. I am Mackie from the UK, and joining us this week, we have Bubblehawk. G'day, guys. Bubblehawk here from the land of Oz, down in New South Wales on the east coast of Australia, or Drop Bear <laughs> Country, as we call it. Is that better, Mackie? Is that a better... Too much, mate. Way? Too much. Too much. <laughs> the other way now. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Marge. How's it going, Marge? Yes, I'm, I'm very well. Thank you. Marge from Central Canada, Ontario, and host of Bite Me, the show about edibles. Sweet. We have Temple Grower. Yeah, Temple Grower here from slightly further west in Canada, Treaty 6 territory, a.k.a. Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I like super soil. You can find me at my shitty website, templegrowing.com. <laughs> and I uh, hope you're all good and feeling better. I know I am. Good, good. Now. Good, good. Yes. We also have Monkey. So, Monkey. Hey, guys. How's it going? Monkey down here in the southeast U.S., land where the weather is much better this week than it was last week. Nice. And the special guest panel member this week, we have our good friend, Chad Westport. Happy to be here, rocking all the way from the West Coast, USA, Washington State, where we celebrate legality. Sweet. It's all right for some. It's all right for some. Man, I just realized I haven't even smoked yet. We were just writing down everybody's names and shit, but the mighty is charged and ready to go. What we were smoking on today? Jeez, I don't even remember which one's in the pipe right now. I'm going to be honest with you. I got a bunch of them laid out here. I just grabbed a jar. It's either God Bud, Strawberry Cough, Amnesia, or CBD. Uh, I'm not sure which one it is. One of, one of those things. <laughs> oh, I have some beautiful, beautiful Honcho Farms derived Dolato live hash rosin. Wow. Tastes so good. I can yeah. taste again, by the way. And nice. It tastes great. <laughs> nice. Because yeah, TJ had COVID. Last week, everybody just yes, I had COVID. I think I don't know. I haven't tested yet today, but Cheryl still does. So I might still. I'm still not feeling 100. percent But uh, you know, they, um, if you're listening along at home, put your mask on because TG's got COVID. Yeah, yeah I'll be coughing six, into six the camera. Alternatively, you can wear ear muffs. That will also do a good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, what are you smoking on, Marge? What you got? got a little dosy dough grape lime and i've been mixing it in a bit with some beautiful charlotte's web from our very own mm -hmm. couple grower nice with the beneficiary <laughs> <laughs> what about you chad what are you holding i have just loaded up some burmese kush that i grew myself and this is a nice Ooh. mellow nice mellow strain for me sweet Burmese is one of my favorites, man. And uh, everybody in chat much. there as well. Let us know what you're smoking on. Let us know. You just drop it in the chat. Let us know, of course. Uh, Mackie yeah. said, the, what did I say? Oh, I said the word. That's right, John. Well caught there. Everybody, you need smoke because I said the word. <laughs> I said the C word. Yes. Well, it is true, but we're not like talking about it per se like we usually would in a sense, you know? It's like <laughs> back in the day, yeah. I have the shit. Mm -hmm. right, it's kind of I don't recommend it. Speaking of it. Yeah, we're yeah. not allowed to talk about it. You know, YouTube throws up them flags, man. You know what I'm saying? 
it's still here. always angry. Speaking and, about uh, live, Chad, what happened to FCP, bro? Buddy, with YouTube? Oh yeah, what happened there, bro? Yep. So FCP02 channel got a flag for a video that was nearly two years old, and Ooh. then the day after the, the they show some channel, tits in it or something what happened uh, it was a link i believe it was a right. link to a product uh that was within embedded in the video which sometimes youtube wants their money for advertising they realize that people use this platform sometimes as advertisement and they're like well hey why don't i get a piece of that Right. Oh, I know how. Uh, and then the second time was uh, the main channel, uh, Future Cannabis Project, got a strike because a person put a video up and listed a whole bunch of seed vendors in the description, which is just a big no-no. So, yeah, channel gets a strike. It gets taken off for a week. Uh, if a channel gets three strikes, you're gone. Mm -hmm. But after 30 days goes by, you have the ability to try and remove the strikes or at least remedy that so they don't perpetually carry forward. Um, but yeah, that's a scary thing, especially is, I'm yeah. sure you guys saw, you know, do grow show. Um, eight years, 1400 videos, 90,000 subscribers gone like that. Damn. Like just gone, not even just the strike, completely taken gone. down, gone. She gone. Uh, a gone. lot of work gone. Yeah. Ouch. That's, ouch. Yeah. No, that's not fair, man. Not fair at all. Everybody smoke up to those fallen soldiers, man. That's not cool. Yeah, that is a bit shit. Well, <laughs> a lot of shit, not just a bit. Because I mean, you know, we have our websites, but YouTube is a very useful tool in terms of video, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you know, hosting videos on your site is not a simple matter generally. Takes up and a lot of space, great. man. Fuck yeah. yeah. And YouTube is so convenient that you can just, you know, live stream like we all do and, and have and are right now. Mm -hmm. um, and it's and just, that's, yeah. Fucked. Yeah. And that's kind of where the people are too. It's like, you know, we can all build awesome websites and put video content up there, but if nobody's there, you're not going to get nearly the same traction or, you know, have the same impact with your knowledge. So you kind of almost have to go to where the party is and the party is really kind of on YouTube. Yeah. Got to have you a know. mailing list, man. Cause if anything like, and everybody just in case the mailing list link, and we don't send mailing list emails out very often, but if the shit hits the fan, we have the ability to. So make sure you signed up to our mailing list, just in case our channel gets shut down too. Cause then we can let you know where we're going to be. Right. Seems it odd that it'd be going in that direction, you know. But uh, I guess you know, tech companies and they have their own prerogatives. Well, so. fucking yeah. Sometimes it just feels like we're gonna take steps backwards, man. And some news articles. Well, there's at least a news article from me, which does address that thing. You know, mm -hmm. I like it here in the UK where things are going backwards by the look of things. Yeah. In many Stupid. ways, in many ways, not just in cannabis, you know, we are going backwards in many, many ways here in the UK. It's absolutely shocking. As long as we don't go back to the 90s where Criss Cross had everybody wearing their clothes backwards, <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll be okay. And of that trend. <laughs> Wait a minute, yeah. let me put my pants back on then, excuse me. Yeah, I like the, I like the 90s. 90s was cool. Hold on, you guys are wearing pants? Is that a thing? <laughs> Yes, he showed up wearing pants, Bubble Hawk. No, Bubble Hawk just showed up. He's sitting on the edge of his bed in his boxes. You know, what are those? Just, just sitting here with a bong in hand and exactly hanging out in the breeze. Right? No one told me there was a dress code, bro. Like, come on. Yeah, it was cameras off, right? 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I was told. Camera's off. You can do what you want. Right. So with that, I think it's time to do some news. We're all ready. We're prepared. Are we missing anything? Here we go. Here we fucking go. Do it. Mm-hmm. Let's just watch TG hit this nectar collector <laughs> one more time. That is so smooth. Like, like oh, my God. Mm. It's because mm. the last one killed your lungs, bro. They have no feeling anymore. <laughs> Good point. Good point. That is a cloud of delicious. It's like very. I've got it for you instead. Shit. <laughs> very sweet, heavy, thick, like ripe fruit sweetness. Mm. Okay, oh, then. <laughs> Sorry. Are we ready? We go, what are you saying about the bubble? Are you ready, bro? I'm just trying to find the tray that I chopped like half an hour ago that I've lost that's covered in scoop super skunk. So that's probably, well, this is why I'm late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just searching around for your tray. Shit. <laughs> All right, so let's do it then. Let's go and talk about some news. So because there's six people on the panel this week, we have six news stories to cover, and they're all just as bad as each other, I think. Right? Mine's good. Is yours good? I think, well. Oh, that's, that's right. Good. Yeah, I can see, I can see it here. It's you know, a short one, but it's Let's it's go for one. yours first then, TG. You want, you want to run for yours, mate? We'll, have, we'll start off with the good news. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so um, I was browsing the, the news websites, and I thought this was a good one because, it's again, it's a positive one. We usually cover shitty news, so... Uh, the headline is from mjbizdaily.com, a very reputable marijuana news website. Uh, Vermont launches recreational marijuana sales Saturday. So recreational marijuana retailers in Vermont are permitted to begin selling adult use products on Saturday. Uh, the launch of these sales in Vermont comes two years after uh, adult use le- legislation became law without the governor's signature. I think that was significant when it happened. It was, um, yeah. So um, Vermont's Cannabis Control Board on the 14th of September granted recreational marijuana license to Mountain Girl Cannabis in Rutland and Flora Cannabis in Middlebury and gave okay for, um, yeah, basically some dispensary, Series Med, Champlain Valley Dispensary to transition from medical to adult use sales. Um, The only issue is they've said there might be delays in issuing licenses for outdoor cultivator Delays in issuing the licenses for the outdoor cultivators could create supply challenges in the adult market, adult use market's early stages. And uh, maybe Chad can speak more to that. But I was in Washington just like 30 days after you guys legalized, and that was that was the issue there. I remember paying 32 bucks a gram for some Blue Dream because there's like two guys in the whole state that were able to grow and, and supply everybody. So, um, But, you know, uh, that did work itself out eventually here and uh, vermont is a is a cool state i think they have maple syrup which i enjoy it's right on the border right right on the border of canada yeah yeah it's pretty close to the, the maritimes over there so i think a lot of canadians actually go down there for vacation and things like this so um yeah just you know positive is another state getting on board here finally mm-hmm. um and uh it's close to canada so that's cool too might have to check it out yeah man so why are y'all keeping all the legal states up north up there? You know, push them down south. 
It's because it's cold up there, monkey, and people need well, something to like oh, get up in the is. morning yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't there <laughs> some sort of traditional? You get, you get cannabis, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. There's a divide of the north and south, if I remember correctly. Is there not some sort in the states? Oh uh, yeah, supposedly Maybe. so, and all that stuff. <laughs> I don't really play into that though, but it does really look like we're getting a whole lot more states up north getting legal, and yeah, south yeah. is just dragging their feet down here, man. Mm. Yeah, not your fault well, though. No, hopefully soon. I mean, it, it can only, it's inevitable, you know, the more they do it, uh, the stragglers look like fucking idiots and lose out on a lot of money and, uh, you know, safe yeah. and, so and all these other... Skunk Ape movies. in the chat there said Alabama is up next for number 39. Is that right, is it? Uh, Arkansas is coming up too for recreational vote. Uh, yeah. Signatures on the ballot for that to get done. And the Alabama's looking at, at uh, medical right now, I think. I didn't hear anything about recreational in Alabama. But I don't keep up with every state, every little thing, but it would be really, really good if Alabama went recreational and broke this, you know, this Gulf states blockade that we have down here with no recreational. Because if one of them breaks it, they're all going to fall. Yeah. (laughs) That would be pretty impressive. The South definitely is going to be the last place to go. Well, I've always said that it looked to me, New Orleans is the place to break it because can you imagine Mardi Gras with cannabis? Mm-hmm. Yes, I can. can. <laughs> you would sell a lot of weed. Sounds like a weed. lot of fun, bro. We call it Mardi Gras. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would definitely become Mardi Gras. But yeah, you take a wild party and throw a little bit of the cannabis into the into the mix there. Now, cannabis is always. I've been to Mardi Gras so many times because I, if you live anywhere in the Gulf South, eventually you're going to get there. And uh, cannabis is always there. I mean, you smell it everywhere. and It's not too hard if you ask around to buy it and stuff like that. But man, if it was legal in dispensaries where you could walk in and buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, how and much that, money does, does it take in as tourism as it is? Can you imagine if there was like dank weed for people to buy and smoke there too? Yeah. Fuck, I'd yeah. come. You know? well, speaking of that, I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful segue onto Chad's article. And there's something that we've discussed many times on the show here. Every year or so, the Amsterdam government will be like the Netherlands government, but you know, the, uh, the council of Amsterdam will be saying, we've got to start banning tourists from coming into the coffee shops. So everybody's like, Oh shit, they're going to ban it. We better go there quick. Cause this could be our last yeah. time. And everybody runs over there and smokes weed and it never actually happens. And this yeah. is what Chad is bringing with us uh, to us today. Right, Chad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a story that I pay close attention to just because I am a tourist and I do come for the cannabis. Uh, Amazingly enough, I found that the Netherlands is awesome in its own right. Mm -hmm. So I would visit it for its own reasons. But we're cannabis tourists. We don't go anywhere. We can't get cannabis. So (laughs) it is important to us. Uh, And it was coming up for a vote again uh, in Amsterdam. And the vote actually is next week. I believe it's next Wednesday. But as they oftentimes do, they know what the vote count's going to look like ahead of time. And it does not look like they have enough support to pass this uh, non-residence ban inside of Amsterdam itself. There are other areas of the country where it is in place, and apparently they they will turn away tourists. Um, But just in Amsterdam itself, yeah, that I I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking we never ran into that. We didn't have a problem. Mm -hmm. But one of one of the downsides, and this is something that um, the article talks about, is street dealing. It's like, well, you know, if you can't get the weed on in the coffee shop you're just going to buy it out on the street and that causes all 
sorts of issues related to it. It seems a lot of the citizens are concerned with crime lately and the coffee shops are catching some of the blame or, uh, you know, at least being credited for some of this crime, which seems uh, one of the, you know, they had a public meeting. So a lot of people spoke out and some people are like, you know, that's a very thin connection between the coffee shops and the crime. It's usually the, you know, drunk screaming tourists that Mm -hmm. are, the real problem. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, just in, in short, they, it doesn't look like they're going to ban it, which is great. Then oddly enough, it, it wasn't until the end of, of the article or their public debate there that someone suggested like, well, if we just made it legal and we controlled <laughs> the cannabis trade, these problems would go away. It's like, what well, kind no of shit. crazy talk is that? They've I never know. thought of that in fucking Amsterdam as if. Because mm-hmm. it's not actually legal in Amsterdam, is it? It's just uh, no. not even decriminalized. It's just the police ignore it, right? Right, because it's a soft drug. They're focusing more on hard drugs. You're allowed to have five grams uh, on your person. Mm-hmm. But essentially, you know, the commercial trade is illegal. And all of this cannabis is illegal until it hits the door of the coffee shop. And even and finding the hard drugs is easy, legal. isn't it? You, you, you get yeah, the uh, the lucky lucky man. They're called. You walk in through Amsterdam and you just walk past the guy who's standing there, and be like, "Pills, cocaine." Oh yeah, pills, I cocaine. totally. Charlie, uh, Charlie, pills, cocaine. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck did that guy just say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. We don't buy that stuff, everybody. That's some dodgy shit, man. Yeah, never. I've never bought shit like that from someone I didn't know, but that did happen in Amsterdam. We were walking out out of the church, oddly enough. Mm. Uh, and uh-huh. Yeah, you know, this guy's kind of like looking at you know me and the wife, so I kind of smile at him, and as he goes by, he's like, "Cocaine." <laughs> I just like smiled and kept walking. I'm like no, Charlie, dude. Charlie, Charlie, yeah, Charlie. He's <laughs> like, "What? These these guys are fucking crazy." Nah, man. I do so... not sniff the coke. I only smoke sensimia. Right. Yes, exactly. I, I don't so, sniff coke. I just love the smell of it. So, they, <laughs> <laughs> so Amsterdam has, you know, other problems. Like they are trying to buy back some of the buildings, which pushes out some of the, you know, the red light stuff. Um, they're trying to move that away. But I mm-hmm. honestly think doing away with the cannabis trade would be detrimental to the local economy yeah uh, in a way that i don't think that they're appreciating i mean amsterdam is a beautiful city it is a beautiful city with lots of cool things to see but 90 percent of the people are going there to smoke weed man nobody's going there to see tulips and shit i've been there loads of times (laughs) and i still haven't seen the fucking rembrandts and i haven't been to the Anne frank museum and i want to go every time but it don't happen because I'll go there for weed, man. That's the way There's too many weed. coffee shops. Mm-hmm. They're all over. It's fun. The 166 in the city is what it was saying. But again, it's no different than bars, you know, proximities. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they would want to deny their history either. Like of all the places in the world, maybe like California, places in Western Canada. Um, but nowhere is more famous than Amsterdam, I would say, mm-hmm. for weed. Yeah. They actually right. do have a legitimate history yeah. in terms of like Amsterdam coming over. I mean, it's a whole term on it. <laughs> yeah. All the all the original like you know, seed makers and stuff way back in the eighties mm-hmm. that with yeah, it's it's famous for a reason. So why not exploit that? They already they, do. Yeah, well, if if they would have legalized it and regulated it they would have done much better, but they've squandered their chance to be the leader in the mm-hmm. global cannabis community. Like they lost it. Sorry. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's moved on now. It's like California seems to be the big dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Denver or Colorado's doing Colorado's a big one as well. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. When you allow it to proliferate, um, that's why Canada, you don't hear about all these crazy, awesome breeders in Canada because they don't exist here because the regulations are so dumb that they can't exist yet. But where elsewhere, where, where it's a bit more free, I guess. Uh, yeah. You know, you have the big brands. Mm. Um, well, I have some uh, some horrible news coming out of the UK here. Some horrible news, everybody. There's been a scientific study done. And obviously there hasn't been any scientific study done because we don't fucking do them, the dickheads. But this is what they're just saying anyway. Uh, cannabis is just as harmful as cocaine and crack and should be classified as a class A drug. Naturally. So are you on crack, bro? Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is makes me want to debate it before you even read the article. Keep going, man. You know, and if you remember the few weeks ago, we did that uh, and and previous as well, we reported on the story twice about the uh, the the drugs advisor for the police was doing mushrooms and smoking his own weed and shit. And he got found out he'd been suspended for two years on full pay just scooping up all the dough. It's absolutely ridiculous, man. Oh, so it's sick. Fuck. It, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Is we doing drugs and we're getting paid. All and day? also firing people. Cause what did they call him? Teabagger or something. When he, what did they call? Him? He had sp- oh, <laughs> that's, that's not a good name. No, I nah, don't think it was, was that. Dead. I think that's what we called oh. him. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It was it was that. Saka or something. Yeah, yeah, because he just fired people all the time for taking drugs and he's going home every night blazing a spliff, which, of course, there's nothing wrong with that. But you can't be firing people for it one day uh, well, on the same day and then going home and doing the same things you fired them for. He proved it. Anybody can do that. Well, very true, monkey. Obviously, he can. (laughs) (laughs) We did. But this guy here, this. uh, Sorry. Sorry, Chad. I was going to say we have cannabis companies run by XDEA. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's so fucked up, anyway. It's so yeah, fucked up. It is, fucked man. So uh, this carries on. It says cannabis is just as harmful as cocaine and crack and should be classified as a class A drug. Police chiefs have warned. And class A is essentially schedule one uh, for you guys out there in the USA. Mm-hmm. Uh, a group of Tory, Tories, a group of Tory police and crime commissioners, the PCCS, will demand that the drug will be put on par with crack and cocaine. So uh, in one second, we're, we're talking about getting, you know, we're legalized for medical use now here in the UK. And now they're talking about sticking it all the way out there with crack and cocaine. It's like, it, we really need to like get these people together and figure out what the fuck's going on, man, and stop singing off different songs. 20 years. Mm-hmm. Fucking smoke like, a joint, you like seriously. But that's Obviously. what they all do, but they don't tell anybody about it. Right. They should yeah, smoke all enough. smoke a joint and all smoke some crack and see if they really feel <laughs> about it afterwards. So how about this one? David Sidwick, brilliant name. Uh the conservative police and crime commissioner for Dorset said there was a growing evidence linking psychosis and mental ill health, cancer, and birth defects. To cannabis use. I'm getting Ooh. so tired of hearing the psychosis thing. That, that's cannabis. it, man. Let's see the fucking studies, mate. Yeah, I want to see it. I really you do. You can I'm just say that it. shit. They can say what the fuck they like. Yeah. Do what the fuck they like, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. 
It is ridiculous because that police chief that also got banned, no one was talking about his psychosis from doing all these drugs. Mm-hmm. After, you know, suspending him with pay. For two I years. Would argue, I would yeah. argue that social media is going to give people as much psychosis or more than cannabis will. Mm-hmm. Oh, easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but and that's a, a point which I said earlier. I can't remember who I was talking to. One of my friends. And it, it's like, did you see what happened today in Indonesia? You know, RIP to the 125 people who have been killed at the football game over in Indonesia yeah, yesterday. And it's like, no. that means just in this one event that cannabis has killed nobody and football has killed how many fucking people through riots and violence and cardiac arrest, which you've seen more of in the last couple of years, but we won't get into that. Right. It's like, can't we ban football? Obviously it's dangerous. Don't people get shot in football for like, you know, making the wrong call and stuff like that. It's crazy, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, Blinded by lasers, if the, the, the fans do that crap, it's crazy. So it's pretty yeah. fucking obvious that football is far more dangerous than cannabis, and we need to ban football immediately for the sake of the children. Yeah. Perhaps always for the children. It's fucking ridiculous, man. I'll vote of course, now for the children. What, one other way that you could possibly look at this type of reporting is that crack might be safer than we originally thought. <laughs> well, <God. laughs> let's go backwards with that shit. this sounds like the corrupted wish game here you know let's take a look yeah. at the other side of this one here you know i believe that one cannabis killing you is bullshit but i don't know about this one crack you know that sounds dangerous man don't do it i might have to give it a second thought <laughs> <laughs> anyway this article continues it says calling it a gateway drug used to be use uh calling it a gateway drug used by county lines gangs to law and users he warned no child ever went to a drug dealer for heroin for their first deal. Let me see your fucking statistics, David. You know, have you gone? Have you made them all fill out a fucking questionnaire for how their customer service was? Come on, no, man. He just knows all of this instinctively. Don't you know that? Again, no, they're making the argument for legalization because if mm-hmm. there was legal weed available, they wouldn't have to go to a guy who sells everything. You know, mm-hmm. like that's the point. Mm-hmm. It's prohibition, it's not the fucking drugs that. Like, and if it was yeah. legal, it would, their ID would be checked before they were allowed to mm-hmm. purchase it. And it would be right. It would be yeah. tested and, and safe before they left with it. You know, and no child I, ever went, went to a drug dealer for their heroin. It's like, no, but they'll go to the fucking doctors for the opioids. And that's pretty fucking close, bro. Mm, yeah. God, uh, and, you know, I'm not been in a lot of dispensaries here, but, you know, maybe Marge can speak more. Did they sell heroin where you worked? You know, like it's not <laughs> under the counter. It's not you know? there. No, although we did have a guy that would come in regularly and ask if we were selling any cocaine yet. But yeah. no, <laughs> soon. We tell him no, soon. <laughs> well, that guy must know. have been a character. I'm just painting he the like, was. picture he, he in actually, my head. He actually walked in one day and uh, lit up a cigarette, and we had to be like, "Oh, you can't smoke that in here." And he was, he was, a, he was a character, local downtown color for sure. Nice. <laughs> so it also said here at the end of that sentence, there, you know, where they, the drug dealer, uh, ch- no child ever went to the drug dealer for heroin for their first deal. They would all have started with a bit of weed. Oh, fuck off! You know, this guy's so intelligent; he knows all these things that we don't. Uh, what about before the weed? What got him on the weed? Milk? We should we ban? I know fucking- a lot of kids that end up getting started <laughs> down the bat the wrong path with a uh, mom and dad's prescriptions. You know, 
Mm -hmm. yeah. Luckily, though, it says the Home Office said there was no plans to upgrade cannabis to a Class A drug, but illicit substances were kept under constant review. Mr. Sidwick told the Telegraph, uh, people who call this drug recreational haven't seen the harm that psychosis and other cannabis-related conditions can do, and the cost of that heap on our health service and society more generally. Mm -hmm. Wow. Fuck but off. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Sidwick sounds like the type of guy who would ignore all of the actual studies where cannabis has helped people with opioid addictions mm -hmm. stop mm -hmm. their use. You know? It's uh, people love to cherry pick data and then they build an entire argument around it. It's just and, absolutely fucking yeah. amazing how ignorant this guy clearly is and, and that level of ignorance. And he's still managed to become a fucking politician to the extent where he's being interviewed by newspapers for his opinion. It's like, come on, man. I'm sure I, I thought I you were past a, all this shit. That's a prerequisite for politicians, the ignorance part. Mm hmm. Ridiculous, man. So this article does carry on. There is a lot to it. It's a long one, but it's, you know, it's just, you can only stand the taste of so much bullshit when you're speaking it. So I don't <laughs> want to go on about this too much, but you can check it out on the daily fail, but it originally came from the telegraph. It's just the telegraph was like, would you like to subscribe for two pounds a month to out? Like, no, fuck you. You know, <laughs> I don't want to subscribe to you as shit. Rupert fucking Murdoch prick. Like, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I won't go on hey, that. Two rant pence. Today. Two pounds a month to be angry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the anger tax. To be angry without you know, two pounds a month for me to know what your opinion is instead of telling me what the fucking facts are. You can kiss my ass. <laughs> oh, fuckers. But yes, fuck the media. We won't go on that rant because YouTube's fucking handing out flags to everybody. <laughs> Don't question the narrative now. So we have yeah, more news stories, obviously. Bubba, you want to hit yours? We've got some good news from you, right? Yeah, so, well, I mean, I it's kind of good news. Um, so and my one comes from The Guardian, and it has been covered by multiple news sources because it has been all over our news. Um, but essentially, the Greens are saying that Commonwealth regulation um, is possible. So they're saying that they could legalise by federal parliament rather than by legalising state by state, and then that way it will essentially circumvent any laws that the states put in uh, against or for cannabis. So they're saying that they could, they could legalize it at a federal level and, um, and just be done with it in one big, one big push. So hmm. federal parliament could override state laws to legalize recreational cannabis use, according to new constitutional advice obtained by the Greens. Uh, the minor party ramps up its campaign to legalise cannabis ahead of the planned private members bill to be introduced next year. The Greens Justice spokesman David Shoebridge said the advice from constitutional lawyer Patrick Kayser paved the way for new federal laws. So the advice suggests that there are three Commonwealth heads of power that would enable it to legalise and regulate cannabis use with the clearest pathway via a part of Section 51, which relates to copyrights, patents of inventions and designs and trademarks. So... Professor Case's advice states that the Section 51 enables the Commonwealth to regulate plant variety rights and the Commonwealth could regulate cannabis strains as plant varieties and cause them to be listed in a schedule in respect of which the Commonwealth has exclusive regulatory control. So this is the, this, this is the only part of the whole thing that has me slightly concerned is that they're saying they would have exclusive control over cannabis as a whole. So... Mm. Um, 
but the Greens have been bleeding on about this for years and they, they've wanted, and they're the, they're the only, if anyone's going to get it legalised, it's going to be them. Um, so they're saying that empowering Commonwealth to regulate the cultivation, licensing and sale of cannabis, including the measures needed to create a legal national cannabis market, would override state and territory laws criminalising cannabis. Shoebridge, who plans to release a draft bill later this year for consultation, said the move would be the first attempt to legalise cannabis through the federal parliament and would see Australia join countries such as Germany, Canada, Uruguay, South Africa, Jamaica, Mexico, Malta, and at least 19 states in the US in decriminalising the drug. I hate to go um, off on a tangent, right? But you know how everybody's surname is like linked to something about one of their careers they had in the past or something? This guy's right. name is Shoebridge. Yeah. <laughs> but how did he get that name? I don't know. I really don't know. I want to, well, look, I mean, Professor Kaiser, that's how did he get that name? You know what I mean? Like, hmm. He made bread? <laughs> yeah, exactly. King of Germany, Rose? maybe. No. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this guy had like really big feet and people could use his shoes as a bridge. Well, yeah. <laughs> we can only guess any, anybody. If anybody has any decent guesses for us here, let us know. Drop drop your guess in the chats. Put your guess in the comments um, below. How did Shoebridge get his name? Sorry, Bob. No, that's fine. Segways are fine. I'm just trying to work out where I was. Hold on. Uh, oh, underneath that paragraph there, it says, we've been told to wait for uh, cannabis law uh -huh. to reform for too long. Yep. Even when it's obvious the majority of harm caused is by policing in the war on drugs, not the plant, Mr. Shoebridge said in a statement on Monday. Uh, recreational cannabis is enjoyed by millions in Australia and around the world and pretending otherwise is increasingly ridiculous. At least 40% of Australians have used cannabis and... Any law that makes almost half of us criminals needs to go. Uh, the Greens say their consultation on a draft bill will consider the appropriate number of plants for an individual to legally grow, sanctions for unlawful sale or distribution, including to minors, taxation measures, and the prohibition of the tobacco and alcohol industry from entering the cannabis market and the role of grower cooperatives. That's um, interesting. So one part of it I look at and I go, uh, I don't know. And then the other part I look at and go, well, you know, yeah, that's a good idea. So it's, it's kind of, there's goods and bads about this. Um, but it's looking ever more likely um, they're going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing for this. And the way that uh, the last election went federally, the um, Labor needs the Greens to get bills passed. So if Labor wants to do anything, the Greens can kind of hold them to ransom a little bit. So it can it, it may work in our favour having that um, having a go like this. But I would like to see exactly what the um, what they're talking about as far as regulating it, the the plant varieties and um, where was it? The just because there's a few things in there that I was a little bit inspector uh, yeah. regulatory control and and what they mean by that. Um, what they mean by how much control to the copyright patents and things. So are they meaning they're going to regulate what strains can be grown and then 
you've or are they are they talking about it as a whole like i it's just there's there's a bit of confusion in that top part i like everything else <clears throat> so far um but you know they, they're taught they're already talking about legally growing at home um no, you know no sale to minors using the tax for things you know but and and keeping alcohol and big tobacco out of the industry to let the smaller growers get into it because they know that they're the ones that that know what they're fucking doing and they've well, seen what's question, happened around others. My question on that is, and we've seen that happen in other places, but how long do they keep the big guys out of it? Is it permanent? Because that's what's really needed because eventually the big guys tend to come in and just swallow up the little ones. Yeah. So that's, that's what they're afraid of. Um, mm -hmm. So there, I think that was like the interview I saw with him, he was saying that he doesn't want to see the people with all the money come in and stamp out, the little growers. He, he wants to see it go to community. He wants the communities to be able to come through and have the smaller growers in their, in their area and that money stay in the community rather mm -hmm. than going to, to big farmer and big alcohol lobbies and things like that. Um, and the same thing goes for as far as um, the advertising of it as well. So he was talking that it would also help curb a lot of the, um, the advertising because, I mean, we, for a very long time here, every second ad was a cigarette ad. Every second ad was a, an alcohol ad. And whilst we still have alcohol ads, there are no cigarette ads. People still smoke. So mm -hmm. at, yeah. the end, at the end of the day, they're still making money. You know, they're, they're still getting their money from it either way. But I, I think that they are, ideally they're trying to sort of make everybody happy at the same time. Um, yeah, gambling ads, that's the other thing. But I, yeah. um, I just, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like a lot of it, but I don't but, like uh, some of it. So I'm it worried sounds about honestly, it. man, like very much like Canada's model, which makes sense because we're both Commonwealth, kind of like, you know. So it's that's what about saying. us then? What, you're, you're Commonwealth. It's like we're the source well, of the Commonwealth. You're Come the on. fucking pretentious <laughs> mother that's like, you know, you know I'm saying? I don't know about that, kids. Fucking, yeah. fucking yeah. hell. So, we have to do our studies. Yeah, oh, but yeah. with regards to your genetics question, though, in Canada here, technically, you're only allowed to grow uh, legally purchased genetics, whether it's a clone yeah. from the barely existent clone, like nurseries that, uh, you know, are scattered around the country, or whether it's seeds purchased up until this point, you know, prior to, you know, the last, I would say, eight to 12 months, there was like, fuck all on the market for seeds, like two or three companies making garbage seeds. And mm -hmm. so unless you you bought those or you were a grandfathered quote unquote medical grower who had seeds somehow, you know, don't ask, don't tell type of shit. Um, then you could like, I could as a medical grower, give people stuff, you know, but legally I would have had to have acquired that from uh, one of these legal avenues, uh, which are very limited. And probably that's, that's what they're looking into uh, as well, which isn't enforceable because like, you know, how the fuck, can you tell what plant that I'm growing unless you're doing like genetic mapping and shit yeah, exactly. and you actually know the original. So I think, yeah, it's, yeah, it's unenforceable, but probably that's what they're like going to put on. I, I, th right. I think it, it seems to me like that's like the, the key to getting it passed, if you know what I mean. So they rather than, rather than try and changing laws, you know, as the, the side of criminal, in, you know, criminal action, actions and things like that. So rather than trying to just openly go, oh, well, we just have to legalize cannabis because, you know, we're, it's, 
as on a legal level if they just go via the plant well what what why can you how can you say no if they if they're having the regulation if you know what i mean so i think that's probably trying to appease everybody rather than just yeah you know makes sense just getting it through based on um on their own you know what i mean like so rather rather than yeah so go it's the easiest path that's what they're saying if we do it this way more chance it's going to get through rather than trying to go down another route that's that's why it sucks here because they had they they catered to the i mean the far extreme on on the non-legalization side to the point where it was just enough that it could still legalize but they gave all of these considerations to these other people meanwhile the people who actually know about cannabis and and do it properly like myself and and numerous numerous others were kind of left like in the not good enough uh, situation mm-hmm. but for everybody else it's good enough sort of thing and that's why i bitch all the time because like we could have done a lot better because mm-hmm. i know it's not dangerous but we had to you know convince all these other people like kind of like you're saying so they put all this other fucking regulation and shit in unnecessarily and and now everyone's happy except the minority of us like myself and and the rest of the people here probably on the panel and, and you have to be here. Yeah, you have to be careful with that, too, uh, in accepting something just because it might be good enough. You think the momentum would continue, but time Mm -hmm. and time again, it's shown, at least in the U.S., that states aren't quick to add on to it. They actually, in many cases, pull back a little from what they actually sign into. So uh, Ohio is one state, you know, maybe four or five years ago, they had the option to vote it in. And fortunately, they said no, which I mean, that's hard to do. You've wanted it all your life, but the it just was not advantageous to anybody except the 10 mm-hmm. people who would have gotten licenses. So, yeah, yeah don't. Oh, it, it, that's man. It's easy to say from a position of legalization where we have yes, it here. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, you I know, guess. if decriminalize it first quit sending people to jail for it mm-hmm. and then truly work on something that fits for everybody because you're not going to get it all uh and yeah you'll be surprised at the mood it, it it can change yeah there hasn't been much talk on if this does happen whether cannabis convictions will be expunged there hasn't hasn't really been but that seems to be part of their of their um their argument really is they're saying, well, like, you know, the, the people, the people that are being uh, convicted of drug crime here, you know, overwhelmingly happen to be younger, younger people or people of, of lower socioeconomic classes that smoke cannabis. They're the one, it's not the people giving it out. It's the people that are users and, and users are the ones that are ending up in, in prison for it. And they're saying that these are the people they're trying to, to help because it doesn't we're, we're ruining our youth by doing this like there's so many people in prison for, for drug related arrests that you know we're, we're overflowing our prisons are overflowing yeah. with people that shouldn't have fucking been there in the first place yeah. that should be a health issue it's always been a health issue it's not a criminal issue it's just that it's easier well to- you know in some people's opinion cannabis is very dangerous and it's on the same levels as crack and heroin so yes well, well according to what's his name <laughs> that wasn't the shoemaker guy was it <laughs> no 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 uh, no it wasn't it was guy. david david something just sidwick that's right sidwick it sounds like a harry Sidwick's. potter character doesn't it you know what i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you know 
But yeah, we should move on to the next story as well, because Marge has some interesting news. Yes, I do. I do. This article is entitled Cannabis Dispensary Glut Claims Kensington Pioneer Hotbox, which is kind of a sad thing in the days of the dispensary scene. So Toronto's pot shop scene just got a little less crowded. The Hotbox Cannabis Shop and Lounge at Kensington Market staple since opening in 2003 announced this week that it's shutting down amidst an industry-wide consolidation. And this... Really? Um, Wow. This hot box place has been there for, well, since 2003, which feels like forever. That's like 20 years. Yeah, it's 20 years. Yeah, yeah. old school, man. Damn, yeah. Really cool. And it started out as like a head shop. And it's a pretty like one of those quintessential places you go to in this Kensington market in Toronto. I've been there for a long time. And they eventually opened up. It started as a head shop, but they had the lounge. So you could bring your own cannabis and use their lounge. And they would have events and all kinds of cool things. And it was a place where local cannabis users could uh, gather and enjoy their their stuff but it looks like we're going to say um the closure of pre-legalization landmark hotbox along with a recent insolvency filing by supret which is another big i think it's a pretty big um dispensary chain in ontario i'm not sure if it's elsewhere but isn't it inevitable overdue is part of an inevitable overdue shrinkage of a crowded cannabis retail industry. And this person this is an analyst, Chris Damas or Damas. I'm not sure how you'd say that. Dumas. <laughs> Dumas. 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 Yeah, I was waiting for Somebody it. had to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is saying there's, there's too many stores right now. It's survival of the fittest. And I can write. I mean, that's not really a surprise to anybody, but he's estimating that Ontario, the province that I'm in, could support around 1,200 cannabis retail outlets, and that there's currently more than 1,700. <laughs> wow. The majority wow. Of them and they're clustered too, right? They, they're not like dispersed very well. No, I mean, because basically anybody who has the money and the means can just go ahead and get a license. There's, I mean, it is survival of the fittest, but they're pretty much... Like most places are in like every street corner, it feels like. We yeah, have had too. our first closure in my city. Um, there's one of the first dispensaries to open, I noticed recently, is no longer. So, I mean, I'm sure that's going to keep happening. Um, and that's what they're saying. This this guy goes on further to say there's going to be a lot more closures to come. What's happening right now is a completely predictable result of the way Health Canada and the Ontario government decided to set this industry up. Um, and this is where it's saying the hot box. It was kind of allowed to operate for a long time i guess it was the police didn't really seem to bother the people who are going in there to use the consumption lounge facilities um so it's kind of sad to see it go i suppose but they did eventually at one point get bought out by uh the friendly strange or no sorry it wasn't the friendly stranger where is it saying it here Hotbox was bought by another longtime head shop turned cannabis retailer. Oh, Friendly Stranger in January 2020. And it itself agreed to a takeover by Toronto-based Fire and Flower. So I guess there's all So these it's like, like oh. run on its own since 2003, gets bought out two yeah. years ago, and now it's closing. Right. There's the yeah. story the of the Canadian friendly... cannabis industry, yeah. Yeah, mm. and Friendly Stranger was like a, another sort of well-known a head shop that they had I think, a few different locations but fire and flowers a pretty big company yeah. they have 
they're huge they're but i read they're closing 11 stores across the country i think and maybe that's must be one of them there i didn't even know they were yeah. owned by them yeah i didn't realize that uh, either this article but it's saying that earlier this month fire and flower announced a fiscal second quarter loss of 21.6 million dollars compared with 19.5 million in profits in the same period Damn. A year earlier so or what's going on i guess i guess they're saying actually that the competitive retail environment is creating challenges which sounds like a very <laughs> diplomatic way of saying there's fucking stores and we're bleeding money and it's also so going to be like people who start smoking and then be like oh, i'm spending too much money on this surely i'll be able to grow it myself yeah, and they yeah. give it a shot and then they're like oh this was fucking easy and well yeah of course don't and then, a lot of places like where I am, you can go out to the reserves and they have a lot of really beautiful cannabis shops where the prices are. That's uh, the thing, you know, competitive. Let's just, the let's volume just... buyers can't afford to shop at those shops and you get people to come in and buy a gram or a cart or an mm -hmm. eighth here and there. And that's not sustainable, especially when those same people are like not heavy smokers. So they, the first thing that cut out when shit like inflation hits the fan, like all yeah, of this crazy yeah. economic mm -hmm. stuff that goes on. Well, I just won't buy as much cannabis, you know? Mm -hmm. And if that's your only fucking customer, then good luck, you know? Right. And unfortunately, this same analyst has, is predicting that within a few years, the cannabis retail industry is going to be dominated by a handful of large publicly traded companies with a few mm -hmm. small one-off mom and pop stores, which I think mm -hmm. is really sad to think that's, I don't know. I personally we can't allow that to happen as the cannabis community. We have to right. keep supporting the mom and pop stores, man. Even if it does cost a little bit extra, if you know, if you can, then support the smaller companies, man. You know, that pays for their kids' dancing lessons and right. musical instrument lessons rather than yeah. another another yacht in the Bahamas. Right. Yeah, do the right Not thing. Only that, but it's like selection. A lot of those smaller shops curate a very specific selection from again from local producers too so you get a lot of unique things there versus just the generic canopy aurora whatever the fuck it is mm -hmm. in the big mm -hmm. stores because that's can what they get the best deal on so right can and you vertically no oh, go ahead uh, thanks um <laughs> can you vertically integrate in canada meaning be the grower be the processor be the retailer in I don't think so. No. Yeah, okay. I don't think you can. BC's been talking about like Farmgate where you can open up a retail location on your property as a grower, okay. but I'm not really too sure how how okay. in-depth that is. Here in Saskatchewan, it's, you can't do that. You have to sell to a distributor. Okay. Yeah, you uh, can't that's... do that in Ontario either, but they are looking at the legislation again, finally, after putting it off for, I don't know, what was it, like 300 days or something like that? Yeah, next year. They were supposed to be reviewing it, so they're finally reviewing the legislation, so who knows? I'm sure there'll be lots of people yeah. who will be for, for craft. Yeah, for craft cannabis to exist, you have to have vertical integration because yeah, you have to 100%. be able from, you know, seed to sale, be the one responsible for it. We can't do that in Washington, but there are other states in this country where that model does work. Um, but yeah, that's the only way I see mom and pop surviving because otherwise it's just, they can lose, they can lose enough money to put you out of business and then they get the market share and take it all back anyway. So it's not really losses for them. They're in the long game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's sort of, you, you look at the, the beer industry in Canada, or at least Ontario right now too. And it used to be just, you know, Budweiser and 
Molson Canadian, and that those are kind of your options when you enter the beer store. And now you're flooded with options from these mm-hmm. really cool craft beer people who are doing fantastic, yeah. fantastic beverages. And that's yeah, yeah. the kind of thing that would be great to have in the cannabis industry too. And there's room mm-hmm. for all of these people if they do it right. And you can go to their brewery and get a growler full, right? You don't have to right. mm-hmm. go yeah. to the liquor store all the time. Yeah. yeah. Now it's interesting too that they're saying that even some of the larger companies are bailing on the retail industry. So, and they were saying that earlier this week, Canopy Growth announced a deal to sell its 28 Tokyo Smoke and Tweed retail stores in yeah. order to focus on its business as a licensed cannabis producer. <laughs> so they're trying to do both and found that maybe it wasn't as profitable as they thought. And well, it doesn't help that you sell like. I mean, I know they carry other brands, but they're very obviously their own brand focused and their own yeah. brand is dog shit. So, you know. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, tweed. I, I... It's hard to hey, sell man, dog shit. Yeah, I, I like my dog shit weed, bro. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it is a strain. I've never had it, but uh, right. not that dog shit. <laughs> it actually says, too, the canopy shares rose on Wednesday in the wake of the news. They all up there. <laughs> We won't sell you our shit anymore. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So we have one more news story to cover uh, from Monkey, uh, from Uruguay, or as Homer Simpson would say, Uruguay. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> do, you, do you not remember that episode he's, he's looking up on the map on the globe and he's spinning it around he's like hmm you are gay you know you're not remembering uh, no uh, you you are no, not watching us don't don't remember that one now. Yeah, no. damn. everybody let me know in the chat if you remember that or if i'm just losing my mind <laughs> i can see him saying that but at the same time i don't remember that one no no no, no. there's a lot of episodes to be fair so yeah very true sure. very true but this is really interesting, the article here, because it actually does a lot of crossover in this article with a lot of things we talked about uh, today. So it's, it's, a, it's a good one. Uh, legal cannabis, but Uruguayans still prefer the black market. And have we heard that before? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Just, well, I think. Was... <laughs> exactly. Just, just. Uh, Uruguay was a pioneer of legalization of recreational cannabis use, and, and uh, it, it was done in an effort to move black market out of, out of their economy. It was done in 2013, we became the first country to legalize. And in four, year, four years later, it went into effect and recreational sales were permitted at pharmacies. Okay, now, now there are three ways for, for uh, registered users to get a hold of cannabis products. Now you, you have to understand what I just said, registered users, because in Uruguay, in order to use recreational cannabis, you, or you're supposed to register with the government. Now, first what? of all, Everybody here, I think that puts a red flag up, right? Going like, you want me to do what? You know? So uh, yeah, a registered person, a registered user of cannabis can purchase it through pharmacies. Now you have to enroll in the pharmacies program and you have to, to be accepted by them. Again, you have to be approved by the government to purchase cannabis through the pharmacy, or you can home grow your own for your own personal use, or you can belong to an official cannabis producing club. Now, of all the three methods, the one that's most sought after is the cannabis producing clubs. There are 249 clubs in the country, yeah. and they offer their, their uh, 7,166 members greater variety than the pharmacies ever can. That'd be cool as fuck. Mm-hmm. Club. Yeah, but now, wait a minute, 7,166 members. Now, there are about 3.4 million people in the country, 
there's about 600,000 that are below the age of 14. So let's go ahead and subtract out of the 3.4, roughly a million for people who are under age in consumption. So of, of the entire 2.4 X million, million people, 7,166 have permission to purchase cannabis through these clubs. So that's not even a drop in the bucket. That's quick nothing. maths, everybody. Check that out. Monkey stoned too. <laughs> no, monkey's yeah. not stoned. Monkey's sitting here looking at the numbers <laughs> going like that is so, so few people though. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. these clubs though, and to prove it, these clubs actually have waiting lists of people that are waiting to join these clubs. I mean, if, if you, if you have the wait to get the best cannabis in the country, this is what people are doing so that the, uh, the owners of these clubs, the curators of the clubs are saying this is just proving to the government that the policies that they're put into place, the supply is too low in the country. Now, a lot of people want, want to access cannabis and there's 14,000 home growers registered in the country. Now, they, they're saying that there's 14,000 registered home growers in the country, but they think that probably another 49,000 people actually grow their own. Damn, that's like three times as many as what they think. Well, yeah, but you know, again, it's again, people are, are hesitant to register with the country here. You know, we've been, after you've been persecuted for so long for this stuff. Yeah, I wonder why. Really, I wonder why they do yeah, that. I mean, hmm. I think I kind of remember a Mackie saying something like, no matter what happens, I'm doing exactly what I'm doing now. You know, I mean, you have to get a license. It's like, you don't know I've been doing this for the last 10 fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to know after you're telling me to get a license. Fuck that shit. Yeah. So over, over 40,000 patients are registered to buy cannabis at only 28 approved pharmacies in the country. Whoa. So, what, and now the, the price of cannabis isn't bad over there. You basically can, can it's about $2 a gram, mm -hmm. you know, $10 for about five grams of the cannabis, which is way below the black market price. But here is the biggest problem. Now we've talked about this on several different shows about how the government steps in and wants to limit things. The THC limit on cannabis being sold through the pharmacies is 10%. No. The stuff that's being offered through the clubs is what we're used to. The stuff being offered through black market is the stuff that we're used to. So now you can understand and easily see the government has basically pushed themselves out of business here because people want the, okay. want the real deal. Um, the, the types of strains that are offered through government uh, produced cannabis are limited. There's no variety, there's no potency. And it's bland. People don't want this stuff. So, I mean, it's everything that we've been talking about over and over and over is that when the government comes in and says, well, you don't need that high potency cannabinoid in this stuff like this, but it's what people want and it's what people are going to find. And if you make it illegal in, in the, the recreational legal market, it's still going to be out there in the legacy market and people are going to find it. So the best thing to do is accept it into the, into the real legal market, test it, and make it available at a fair price. Then you, then all your other problems seem to go away. I mean, we're preaching to the choir. We've said this so many times, but the article here, I mean, they're studying their system. And basically this study says that everything that they've done to legalize cannabis was great, but it's only now giving the black market more, more uh, ammunition to actually get stronger against them because they limited the cannabis that's on the legal market so much. Crazy it's stuff. It's, it's because they don't fold in actual cannabis, like growers or breeders, educators, people who are knowledgeable about these types of market desires and consumer desires. It's all made by people who 
have never even come close to weed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's mm-hmm. sad. It's like asking me to to build a ship. You know, these uh, motherfuckers they gotta come to <laughs> us for advice, man. Yeah, when when well, they need to do some that weed, they gotta come ask the people who know what the fuck they're talking they ask, about. The community. If they ask us, so man, it delegitimizes them because everybody <laughs> knows that we are the people that know, and we are the people that have been doing this forever. And for them to come and like admit basically they're wrong, I think is mm-hmm. unforgivable for mm-hmm. them. So they can't do it. They I mean, tend to be very narcissistic indeed. Yeah, like, it's a bit better now, but wrong, but that they just have more to learn. Why do they have to frame it in such a negative way? I like the way you put that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of nuance to it. If you don't know what you're doing, then you know. Yeah, I mean, the goal was was honorable. They wanted to get rid of a, a highly corrupt black market that was coming in from another country. And as a matter of fact, they say that the Paraguayans still are bringing a lot of weed into Uruguay and trying to sell it. But that black market is not as profitable as stuff that's being grown in country now that's higher quality. For sure. So it sounds the article sounds just exactly like we see in many other legal areas. Once it becomes legal, customers know there's a difference and they want the good stuff. Mexico started importing, right? Now, not exporting. Yeah, really. They used yeah. to export yeah. more cannabis, and now they're taking it so, back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it works, right? It's yeah. a crazy system, man. Uh, and there's even politicians there. Now, when Uruguay uh, legalized, there, you cannot be a tourist and legally purchase cannabis in Uruguay because they don't want cannabis tourism. But now they're starting to look at other countries and thinking like, that might not be such a bad idea. Yeah, right maybe now. we do. <laughs> well, I think Uruguay would be a pretty cool place. I, I want to see South America. So sure. if there's a weed place down there, fucking A. Well, it's kind of like Chad said, watch the laws you pass because you know what? They might not be that all that great. Now they're going to have to go back in and, and look at these laws and think about, well, maybe we need to fix a few things here. I definitely think that they need to fix the quality of the cannabis. I mean, if you're only offering half a dozen strains at these pharmacies at the, the potencies below 10% and everybody else is reading about it with the rest of the world is growing and smoking. I can just see people are going to be pissed off and yeah. it's going to be nothing but a huge black market trying to get the good stuff. I'm pissed off for them. And I don't even live there. <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> That's yeah. brutal, man. 10%. Fuck me. Like, well, I get I mean, that there's a place for it, but... There's, there's states in, in, uh, in the U.S. that are looking to legalize and trying to put those kind of caps on, on uh, cannabis. Uh, Mississippi is one of them. I believe that their medical program is trying to cap somewhere in the low teens. And Which I'm thinking, like, dude... ridiculous, because you don't that's... see anybody in the beer industry saying, like, all beer has to be 4%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, no. That's not even a discussion. There's labeling laws. If it's above a certain percent, it has to be labeled a certain way, but you can still do it. So, Mm -hmm. and and so, yeah, honesty. I think, I think once you start getting over a certain percentage, it becomes, it starts to become technically liquor. So I don't know at what point that is, but I know that that's, that's how it works. And then they've got to chuck an extra, um, an extra couple bucks on top for it. Yeah, yeah. barley case. wine comes to mind as a word that they use Shit. a lot of times uh, for high high ABVs and, and some There's just yeah. so many stupid rules applied to the shit that are not applied to alcohol, yeah. like it's... the percentage. And like they wouldn't dare say to you, you can only have six beers in your fridge, but they're gonna say you can only have ten grams of cannabis at one time. It's like in your house. That, yeah. I definitely yeah. disagree with that model right there. Mm-hmm. It's like the high ladies have said many times. This this is a perishable product. 
it's not going to live in your cabinet for five years and still be the same product. I mean, you can mm. extract it and do things like that with it, but whole flower. So, you know, if you're going to keep that much around constantly just to have it, you're probably going to end up wasting a lot. And that's, a, that's on you. If that's mm. what you want to do. Yeah, it's a perish. It's a perishable, really, isn't it? When you look, it at is it. perishable. I mean, you know, if I if I want to keep ten pounds of cannabis in my house, and I guarantee you, in the next next two years, <laughs> I'm not probably not going to be smoking these ten pounds, and I'm going to end up with some pretty lousy, you know, weed left that'll probably end up turning into edibles or something else. I was going to say that could be really good for edibles, though. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. thinking. You know, that's mm, what yeah. I do with all my stuff. Yeah. So. Times are changing, everybody. Yes, for some more than others. Well, I think they're constantly changing. I think we're just heading backwards or forwards. It just depends on where you are, doesn't it? So, so there's mm-hmm. all the cannabis news and events from around the world this week. Uh, let us know what you thought about it in yeah. the comments below. Let us know what you think is the fuck is going on. You know what I'm saying, but we have some forum and podcast news which we should quickly get to before we take a break and do the 420 thing. Uh, HLG, our sponsors over at PursuitsGrowRoom.com, you know, the, the light manufacturers, uh, they are giving away a Blackbird light. And this is 700 pounds, man. And, and that's probably $700 nowadays because the pounds crashed like a motherfucker. <laughs> it's pretty damn close. It, it ain't much more than that. 300 Canadian. You're telling you? <laughs> Even the Australian dollars above us now, bubble hot. You see? Oh, yeah. Nice, nice, <laughs> and, nice and strong down Fuck under yeah. there. You know what I'm saying? Damn. I mean, exchange rates have yeah. been changing so fast. I tried to make a purchase over there, an international purchase in the UK. And it's like, I mean, from minute to minute, it was changing yeah. the price of the mm-hmm. stuff. It was crazy. Yeah. It's like I went to bed one day and it was one dollar fifteen for a pound and then mm-hmm. and we're talking about pounds sterling here as well not weight everybody but uh one dollar fifteen for a, a one pound sterling and then i got up the next day and checked again it was one dollar eight it's like how much did you fucking drop in a night that's damn well and it used damn. to be like one, it used to be like one and a quarter 130 or something like that and so mm. yeah it's really going down fast yeah it's anyway like, massive tangent there everybody we went on <sighs> economics we can do that it's, in the after party okay it's that coin Mackie, <laughs> that coin they made that did it mm-hmm. must yeah, be no, must no, be nobody, nobody wants the <laughs> no, face on the coin who wants this ugly bastard on the coin i'm not i don't want no pounds <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, uh, we are doing a pumpkin carve off this year uh, and HLG are giving us the Blackbird to give away to the winner of the pumpkin competition, everybody. So as Halloween approaches, the entry will be opened on the 14th. It's a bit of a waste of time doing it now and you'll be able to see the rules and everything when the competition opens up. So you'll be able to enter in your pumpkin. You give it a carving. It doesn't have to be anything spectacular. And then it's going to go to vote. The members are going to vote to decide which ones they think is the best. And whoever wins will get the Blackbird from HLG. Everybody go and check that light out. Go to HLG.com. Check out the fucking Blackbird. It is a beast of a light. It's good for a four by four grow tent. And we're talking about um, energy reduction, what way to reduce your energy bills. And moving to LED, a good high efficiency LED like this is a good way to reduce your energy bills as well. And you can win this for free. Absolutely free. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's just like 100% well, free. For the, cost of, for the cost of a pumpkin. Oh, yeah, true, true. And you get some beast-ass pumpkins where I am as well. No, TG, boo! Boo, don't say things like that. YouTube flag us, bro. Save, <laughs> save the seeds and plant those pumpkin seeds under this new light. Yeah. There you go. That'd be sweet. Do a pumpkin grill. 
Throw mm. weed in a pumpkin. We could do that so next year, isn't it? it rot. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll extend it <laughs> across uh, like nine months next year. You plant the seeds, you grow it out, then you carve the pumpkin at the end, and the diary and the carving at the end will give away a life for it. Hmm. But yeah, we have a, another big one coming at the end of the year as well. This isn't the last light we're giving away in 2022. There's oh, another God. one coming, a very big one. So keep an eye open for that. Also, we have a, a new monthly competition starting where Weed Seed Express, our seed bank sponsor, is giving away 10 seeds every month. It's only open to known users, though. Um, only known users and above can enter. So known users, respected moderators. Uh, panel members you, you can all enter but they're just not the new guys this was their request so uh, and it doesn't right. take long to become a, a, a known user either so get over to Percy's if you're not a member yet and you'll be able to build this up because this is going to happen every month now and you're going to be able to win 10 seeds of your choice mm. there's a list you pick which one you want and if you win you get it and we're going to do that on the Halloween show on the 31st uh, and we'll spin a wheel to decide who's going to be the winner what if I want one of each? Uh, I suppose they'll do that as well because they're good guys, man. <laughs> they'll be like... The, the, assortment. You know what I mean? They'll, 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 as long as they can see the diaries getting grown out, I'm sure they they wouldn't mind at all. Yeah. You know I'm saying? Just they're pretty good. difficult, you know? Got to think about that. So that's a new comp every month, everybody. Every month you get a chance to win and all you have to do is put your name down. Nice. And then the last little bit of news we've got from Percy's that I can think of anyway is Fill Me Bowls. I know you're out there somewhere, bro. You are a member of the month this month. Nice. We've, yes, we've seen you do a lot of work over the last month and seen you asking loads of questions for the podcast as well, which we appreciate for the listener mail and shit. We appreciate that. So thanks for all the hard work, man. You will be giving your bling either tonight or tomorrow and you can wear that for a month with pride sir i'm working on that right yes. now before before the much. podcast is over you'll have the bling brother mm-hmm. much deserved a stonewall says known user of percy's not seedsman yeah known user of percy's mate that's oh percy's known user that's orange if your name is orange or above if it's green then you can't enter but if it's orange or brown or pink or blue or brownish then you, you can enter. <laughs> so, or if you find a word that rhymes with orange. Uh, uh, Eminem orange. does a good video on that one. <laughs> <laughs> he said, people say that it's nothing rhymes with orange. And then he goes off and says all these words about rhyme with orange. And he's like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. You just say something yeah, a little bit different, like storage. Yeah, he's yeah. orange, orange, <laughs> door hinge. Or door hinge, yeah. Stonehenge. Stonehenge, yeah. you see, we're smashing it now. Damn. <laughs> we should be a rap group. <laughs> oh my God, I hate sorting seeds so fucking much. Sweet. So there we go. That's uh, the cannabis news for this week. Again, congratulations to Phil. And there we go, everybody. That was this week's Cannabis News and Events. If you have any news stories that you see throughout the week that you would like us to cover on next week's show, then please drop us an email at highonhomegrown at gmail.com. You can message me, Monkey, or Bubblehuck over on percysgrowroom.com with any story that you'd like us to cover. And you can also contact us on social media, either Twitter or Instagram would be best. We don't really do the whole Facebook thing anymore. So if you drop us a message on there with a link to your story, we'll happily cover it for next week's show. 
But that's it for this week. Thank you to Chad for coming to join us for the news here. Uh, don't forget to download the interview on Wednesday and the Grow Guides on Friday. Same thing as we do every week. So, And thank you for downloading this episode. Thank you for listening. It would be great if you could share the episode with a friend. But of course, no pressure. We don't want you getting into any trouble or anything like that. So again, thank you for downloading. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Stay high, stay safe, and we'll catch you on Wednesday for the interview. Have a good week, everybody. Goodbye.